Welcome to Beer in a Movie, the podcast where we talk about two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to watch the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I am your host, Carlos Cooper, and with me as always, Dave Gurney and Joe Hilliard. And we've got a special guest today for a very special episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I'm doing more of like a radio voice than I normally do. <laughs> uh, it's because when there's a guest in the studio, it starts to feel like we, we need to actually be professional. Or, yeah, yeah, I think it does feel a little bit that way. Um, and then every time we want to do that, we just drink some more beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, that'll solve that problem. But as, as you've heard um, an unfamiliar giggle uh, in the last few seconds, we have with us today... Um, the founder of Grow Local, am I correct? Yes. Uh, community organizer, activist, urban farmer, um, community leader at large, I would say. Um, tell them your name. Um, Aislinn Campbell. Can you, I say that? Yeah. You, uh, <laughs> you, you've heard uh, tales and fables of this woman on uh, our podcast before, I believe. Yeah. Um, hey, every time I've talked about my beer journey... Uh, uh, she's my partner. So this uh, Aislinn is my fiance. Yeah, alongside you the whole yeah. time for and, all the hazies, all the. And Aislinn, you're here for two reasons. The first is that uh, you just got back from a across the country road trip. I did. Yeah. Um. We had the chance to fly to Maine and then just settling up some family stuff. We did a road trip back and drove all the way from Maine to Texas in six days, I believe. And you brought back a lot of beer. I brought brought back a ton of beer. Yeah, right. I, we we were making jokes about how much money I spent on beer, and then the other jokes were, um, "What is it?" Le- My mom kept asking, "Is it legal? Does it legal?" Like every time we cross the state line, I was like, I'm like, "Clearly, you're from Texas." Mom. It, it, <laughs> as a consumer, it is legal. I mean, do we know of any states that have a, a wacky? I think law? as long as you're not trying to resell the beer, okay. there's yeah. there's no legal complication. I believe you you can travel. With, I mean, you can travel with it on a plane. Right. I don't see why you wouldn't be able yeah. to in a car. I think it's mainly if you were. You know, as Smokey and the Bandit, like right. doing commercial <laughs> enterprise. Somebody's right. paying you to do this. Yeah. How many breweries did you visit? Um, eight, okay. I think. I mean, we really hit yeah. it hard. I mean, that's we did. We that, we we drove, and we drank. We didn't drink and then drive. <laughs> <laughs> you drove, stopped, drank, <laughs> yeah. slept, slept <laughs> sobered right. up. And one yeah. of the, and yeah. one of the breweries you hit, it was it was as I was trying to on on my end help you find breweries. And when I realized that you were going past Hot Hot, Spring, Hot Springs, Arkansas, I remember that we had already tasted a beer from Hot Springs, Arkansas. Yes, we did just recently. Episode thirty nine, Detective if, Pikachu. The great question that Carlos raised. Is the Golden Stout a real style? Is the Golden Stout a real style? We drank Superior Bathhouse's uh, uh, Golden Stout. And I remarked, I remember us remarking that we all thought it was interesting. It wasn't our favorite, and we'd like to try more from that brewery. Right. Because mm-hmm. we, we, we were so caught up in the stylistic aspect of it. We were just thinking about, oh, do we even like this? Is this a real style? Is mm-hmm. this something we wanted? That it gave us no opportunity to really think, oh, is this a good brewery? And uh, and now and we're, so we're being pause and go yeah, back to episode yeah. thirty nine. Listen to our Superior Bathhouse talk, and then Aislinn, well, you went to Superior Bathhouse. I did, but also we 
because we're on this ridiculously long road trip, we listen to Beer in a Movie a lot. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, As all our listeners should be exactly on their road right, trips. Right. Well, yes. I mean, if you're drinking and driving, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, driving and drinking. Driving. You're already drinking. <laughs> yeah, but um, when we were traveling there, Joe said, oh, you got to check out episode the one you you just said i wasn't Mm -hmm. paying attention sorry um and i I, so i didn't listen ahead of time because i didn't want y'all to spoil my experience Mm, yeah fair enough so i have a i have an opinion about that as well so how how was the beer overall all of their beer Uh i thought they did an amazing job like i just the whole like the whole the beer was great but the whole place was amazing too yeah because you had the full experience you got to like be in the tap room you had a whole flight so you didn't just have the one you got to try the full Uh gauntlet of styles and things that they offer yeah and my dad drinks a little bit of different stuff like he'll drink pilsners and blondes and things like that so even though mine was pretty heavy ipas and goso type things um and the stout the golden stout um, I tried, I mean, I probably tried six or seven of their beers and yeah. then we brought home three different varieties. I brought two of them, um, over here. So, right. so what'd you bring us? Yeah. What's the, so, we have two on the table right, right yes. now. So, yes. yeah. So I brought you the, this first one that I'm, I, I want to drink is the Gosa and it's called Hey Girl, How Goes It? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a salted lime sour. And I'll tell you that that just almost immediately gets my attention because that's like margarita, you know, yeah, talking yeah, to me. Sure. So, um, I'm, I'm a friendly of ghosts, especially in the summertime. Absolutely. And if our, and if our listeners go back okay. to, it appears to have made the, the trip. Okay. Yeah. Um, Good. If our listeners go back to episode, I'm going to take light, a guess. Pale yellow. Loving four, it. Four. Uh, it was a salted lime sour that, was, was the first the sour I ever had the sequence? Yeah, I'd never had a sour yeah. ghost of nothing before. That was the first one, so I'm partial to this that, pairing of flavors. How and possibly could that have been that recently? Because I feel like it wasn't. That was a year just, ago. <laughs> I know, but I mean, still in a year, how many sours have you had? Many, many, many. Right? I've had a few. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but this is you know, it, it looks like a ghost, a nice and light yellow. Uh, nice uh, ghost of smell. I'm uh-huh. getting the salt. I'm getting the lime. I'm, I'm I, all promising. I, I'm very excited about this. And, and then, yes, a little fizz. Should so we talk fun. about the second beer now or, or go talk about the film a little bit? Yeah. Why don't, wait, what were you going to say? <laughs> we can edit this out. I forgot how good this was. <laughs> um, we can go over it now. Why don't and we then, wait? Because we usually we talk about the beers right before the film and then we kind of. Okay. Yeah, let's stick we with We have another beer, though. We have a third uh, beer. Yeah, no, we're doing two for the first half. Oh, we're doing half. two yeah. for the first half. We didn't, we didn't tell David in. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then, then <laughs> David guess... always brings the beer. Yeah. He's, He's confused. Saying, yeah, not used to I don't to know this. how. I, like, we're doing two simultaneously? What? Yeah, we're tasting well, two from Superior. So, yeah, go t- tell us about this okay, other one. Tell, tell us the other one. Yeah, so, okay. So, I, because Beer in a Movie has introduced me to this idea of um, hazy IPAs, which I learned in Syracuse, New York, by contacting Joe, that that is a New England IPA. It's the same thing, right? Um, and so on the trip, I bought a billion of these different um, hey. hazy IPAs. This is the Space Force. Seven point. Great name. This yes. was actually the one that when my sister-in-law was there and she sent me the menu of everything that they offered and was like, oh, I'm going to bring a, a growler back. What do you want? This was obviously 
for anyone that listens knows. <laughs> right. This yeah. would be my first go-to, but they were out of it at the time. Ooh. And well, so, so I so brought you on. You did, yeah. So and you got and, a do-over. And that's why and that's why we ended up with the golden stout, because I was looking at it and I was like, well, I can go for like a standard West Coast style or, or something, something else totally or something totally there. different. Yeah. Not, Cause you know, there's not a lot of golden stouts on this, right. in this part of the country. And Very the second cool. reason Aislinn that we asked you to come on the podcast, thank you for the beer, by the way, mm-hmm. was because your full time job is to uh, lead the local food movement of Corpus Christi where we live. Yes, that's correct. And Alamo draft house, our local one, not our local, but the local branch of our Alamo draft house chain reached out to you. They did. And they asked me, they said, we've got this great movie coming to town. And really, they're looking for someone to partner with um, mm-hmm. the biggest little farm. Mm-hmm. And they um, invited our organization, Grow Local South Texas, to uh, get involved and help promote it and get a good turnout for it. And they actually kindly gave us a lot of tickets to give away so that we could get a lot of people in the community seeing the movie. So we got to see The Biggest Little Farm, the new documentary uh, by director John Chester and mm-hmm. his uh, that follows him and his wife, Molly, as they uh, purchase a farm and move out uh, to the suburbs uh, in a Somewhere out of California, I forgot. As they bite off that big chunk More of idealism. Part, yeah. <laughs> is this like a, a We Bought a Zoo type situation? Uh, kind Kinda. of. He doesn't buy okay. an existing well, zoo. Oh, uh, okay. They create a farm in a barren... Uh, Just a plot of land. land. Yeah. Had, a lot of burn-up It had orchard. been a farm, right? Uh, I yes. think it had been, yeah. So th- this was a really cool event. I, you know, just to uh, kind of build off what, what uh, was being said before anyway, that this was sort of a... Uh, film that was brought here just for a few select screenings mm-hmm. and it was that opening night that Grow Local was really pushing and, and giving out some tickets for so I brought my family and uh, and it was a pretty packed theater yeah. so it was yeah. cool to get to see it uh, on the big screen that way and uh, it, and I know they had some screenings later in the week it sounded like they went pretty well so it's, I mean I'm always excited when a documentary makes it at all to the megaplex, uh-huh. and yeah. in this case, I think it was a really interesting one um, that brought a story that you know it, it has some overlap with things that we've perhaps seen. I mean, we, we bought a zoo that that uh, <laughs> in the fictional narrative realm, but not so often, and uh, but but also with some kind of food issues that I think are you know agricultural issues that mm-hmm. we maybe talk about more now than we once did, but that are still kind of needing more attention, right? Right, absolutely. So a big part of what's happening now in agriculture um, is that while we're learning how to feed the amount of people that are on the planet, we're also understanding that we are causing problems on the earth. And so, um, and the thing about um, farmers back in the old days was that farmers were the greatest like protectors of the land. And so we kind of are, are trying to work back in that direction again. But there's a little bit of idealism that comes with that because we bite off big old crazy chunks of things that don't necessarily make sense, but we know that it's important and it's got to happen someday. And um, and so I think that that's really what, just as far as Grow Local is concerned, I think that that is what we've done. We've we've I always say we, we planted a seed knowing that we probably won't see that tree until maybe we have grandchildren or something like that, or even their children you know right yeah right so. so they take a piece of land that is in the film presented as uh, barren or spent and certainly that area had had a lot of drought and then they uh, employ tell me the guy's name again alan york i i i think that they 
as we talk about the movie, I think that there was some sort of collaboration that happened between a director, a movie director that bought a farm and a, a, a guy that had this experience with what is called regenerative agriculture now. And that's kind of a new, that's a, that's kind of a new buzzword that's being said, but it's using your farming to regenerate the land while you're also producing food. And right. they did that with uh, planting tons and tons of trees and varieties of produce and bringing on a ton of variety of livestock. Right, right. So it's, yeah, it, it is really kind of interesting. And I mean, it kind of, it, it walks you through all that, right? Mm -hmm. The film begins with John Chester, who is by profession, by trade, a filmmaker, right? right? And, mm -hmm. and he's done... Uh, things for documentary film projects, reality television. He's worked with various networks over the years. So he has this established career. And he's married to this woman who's very interested in food in terms of cooking, right? She right. kind of has like a, chef, a cooking vlog. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. She was doing videos. Um, and, and she started getting interested in wanting the best ingredients and wanting that. So that got her interested in the growing. And then, like you were saying, Joe, um, you know, it was them kind of really wanting to do this. Well, how do we get the best food? How do we have all the things that we want? We need to do it ourselves. And the way that we do it with our, you know, ourselves is we get this land, but then we also bring in people who know what they're doing. And so that's where Alan, right, comes in. Yes. And, uh, yeah. And he was, he's kind of a known character actually before, well, like as right. soon as he came on the screen, I was like, oh yeah, of course, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a known kind of hippie, crazy character that was doing these things back, <laughs> you know, since the seventies probably. Right. Yeah. Right. And the notion for the, the moviegoer that isn't interested in prior to this is uh, presenting a new idea in a way that is very, in a way that financially successful documentaries tend to do, which is creating narrative. So sure. you meet the characters of the farm, the big fat pig that we grow to love uh, because her, her best friend is uh, a rooster, a rooster named uh, Greasy. Greasy, yeah. uh, you know, and, and it Greasy. follows their relationship. But it talks also to the point of why do you have? Why would we need to add a hog or two to the farm? Why would we, why do we need to have chickens? Well, from the very very beginning, it's constantly biodiversity, biodiversity, and biodiversity means all the different kinds of animals, all the different kinds of plants, all of the things that we have to have as it relates to that. But it's right. Right. interesting to watch that the beauty of mm -hmm. yeah and, and it takes that. you step by step without boring you about kind of the science of, and the details of the yeah whole i mean it was really impressive um because well like you were saying biodiversity mm -hmm. not even just constrained to what they brought but also learning how to work with the sort of natural surroundings they had right the predators mm -hmm. and the that various other mm -hmm. um plants that kind of just you know they wouldn't necessarily put there on purpose but that live there and are part of the natural environment uh it was it was it was really cool getting back to what you said though joe about the narrative i mean i brought a, a six-year-old and nine-year-old with mm -hmm. me to the theater to see this and, you know, not so much worried about content, but are they going to be Bored. interested? Right, right exactly. Mm -hmm. This is a documentary. Is this going to be too dry? Is this going to be too... And I, I didn't think it... I mean, they loved it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, let's put it, If there was any problem, and I'll just put this out there for any parents that are listening, it does get a little bit emotional with yeah. some of the uh, life and death stuff that goes on with, with the animals. Mm -hmm. Um, it, That's you know, actually one of the things I really like a lot about sure, that movie. Sure, sure. I like that they show you like the realities of farm it's life. It's not the Disney version. But we all understand that there's a lot of idealism and money that went into what happened oh, sure. on this space. But because the film brought 
that part to it. What does it look like for the farmer? What does it actually look like? What are we actually dealing with mm-hmm. when we don't show up at the farmer's market because the whatever, some animal got into something and killed, right. you know, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, but I, I like you said, I I was very happy that they had that experience. Mm-hmm. It was not at all intense to the point where I felt like, oh, I shouldn't. Have. Yeah. It was more, wow, this is great. It's exposing them to, hey, how does this food get made? How how do these things happen? And also, I mean, it was just a really they're they're nice people, or they come across as nice mm-hmm. people on yeah. the screen, right? They they genuinely seem interested in doing the right things. Um, they seem motivated, but it's not hitting you over the head with oh, the world's got to change, um, which we, maybe we'll talk about more in the second half because we, we watched another movie that, that is a little bit more, I think, trying to tr- do this. I didn't feel like this film was so much um, preaching. It wasn't saying like, oh, everybody should be pursuing this. It was more like, hey, here's our simple story, simple, in quotes. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. obviously right. quite an enterprise they took right. on. Yeah. But, you know, here's a story of this couple who decide they're going to do something a little bit crazy, go off and try to do these things. And it, in doing that, found a really entertaining way to present these sorts of issues like you're talking about Aislinn with biodiversity and trying to um, you know uh, bring back some of those old farming practices mm-hmm. that have just been sort of pushed aside for industrial farming and but never saying like oh industrial farming is the enemy and all this it was really just in here's the, another no, point of view yes yeah well I, ca- I well that and I came out of it saying to people listen, one of the th- biggest things, and this is a thing that I've tried to create over the last few years as I got more into this, and that is we are not at odds with each other. If if all of a sudden in some crazy universe, the president said, okay, we're going to say that all the people in the country have to switch to regenerative agriculture, we would all starve to death. That's not a joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it took these people seven years to even get going in the right direction and right. really actually being able to produce real food. So the the being able to see this beautiful interesting thing but at the same time to be able to come in a, come out of that and go that's beautiful we're going to get there someday but it might take 100 years right it, it's it's a it's it's a big practice and a big ship to turn and that was it was a beautiful way to see it mhm yeah could you, i and i don't want to bore everybody else but i am curious you you've used this term regenerative farming and i kind of remember it maybe being used in the could mm-hmm. you say a little something about what what are we talking about when we say regenerate regenerative versus industrial farming or other farming practices? Well, the main thing with regenerative agriculture is that they're actually using animals to participate in re- helping to regenerate the land. That you need the animals as a a participant in agriculture. Um, regenerative, clearly, the word just means that we're regenerating the land. And right. so what you're doing is you're regenerating the carbon, the the bio the the biology in the soil. Right. What we've done is stripped the land of all of the life that's in it. Because we use it for like single purposes over and over and over again. Right. And well, a cycle we, application of, of chemicals. Well, right. and the, and to, the to, job to, of industrial agriculture is to wipe it completely. Like they need to kill everything but what they're trying to grow because right. they have to be so efficient about the way that they ha- harvest and the way that they process and the plant and all of that stuff that... Only one thing can be growing. Well, regenerative agriculture is about biodiversity, which means we need thousands of different kinds of life on this land. And you will see in this movie, like, like uh, I don't want to, I don't know, I don't know Go where y'all are going with this. Yeah, but I mean, the the snails. Do you remember what yeah. happened yeah. with the snails? Yeah. Like the snails were killing everything. They were killing the whole orchard. And then finally, all of a sudden, they're like, "Ding!" The ducks love 
to eat snails. So Let's they let the, the ducks, ducks go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, it took them, it, it, and I'm sure even to this day, it's taking them su- such time to figure out how to solve these problems. Right. But they're willing to go after it. Yeah. The other side of that is, and this is where I got into a lot of the conversations with the people in the movie about the movie, is that that's a great idea, but who has the money to do that? And that's a lot of what we deal with down here in South Texas. It's like, well, I think, you know, I have to think a big part of what has allowed them to do it is the fact that they were making this documentary, right? This wasn't just a project well, that, like, for food. It was. That was my only But it was also, I mean, he was a filmmaker. Right. And he was obviously filming from day one. And I think the that idea there was that, a partnership early, early, early well, on in the deal. Well, they, were, really that, they would spend millions of dollars at that place sure. while we watched it over the eight they, years they while turned, they were not creating profit. So that was my only criticism right. of the film is this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And anyone that watches this is going to receive the message unless right. they're just a heartless uh, employee of, 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 of a different type of, of agriculture. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking of anything in particular, to be honest with you. Oh you, broke, oh, you broke my train of thought. It's just like we're at home. <laughs> no, you were saying that um, they spent millions of dollars before they started so they said So what uh, Alan your uh-huh. new needed to occur was to begin creating a, a system of getting nutrients into this dead soil. And there he's going to do that with, uh, earthworms and the, the poop that earthworms make are called castings. And they're very, very rich and help soil regenerate mm-hmm. quickly. Uh, but the facility that they built in Southern California, was millions of dollars for an earthworm casting factory on (laughs) the piece of property. The amount of money to, to, to plant the amount of trees in the beautiful spiral pattern that it is Mm -hmm. just the amount of money for the trees, let alone the labor and the water. I mean, it's a, it's a huge undertaking. Well, they have a huge, I mean, they're, they're bringing in. Now that's not bad. If someone put the money to do this awesome thing that we can teach people how to do it on a smaller scale. Fantastic. But Mm -hmm. there was a little, that was a Disney esque element. So just make an earthworm farm. Yeah. Oh, just plant a thousand trees, a fifty thousand trees. Right. So, but it, I mean, that doesn't take away from the film at all. It was a beautiful film that everyone should see. So I didn't see it, which is why you haven't heard from me very much. I was not able to make any of these brief screenings. But so you, what you're saying is that what they did was not totally utilitarian. Like there was this like beautiful spiral of trees and like they were kind of extra. Well, it was, I mean, it was all for a purpose. Technically that is, that is part of regenerative agriculture. That's permaculture uh, design. Okay. They did that on purpose. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't so much that I don't think would Joe. It wasn't like, well, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying that you were, but I'm just trying to get an idea for what it is that they did as someone that hasn't seen it. It wasn't like a Versailles kind of landscaping type of situation where there's a lot of being done. It was picturesque. It's picturesque. But, but not in a like not in a lavish way, way no, or no, 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 excessive no. or anything. No. Well, after a film like this, this is a farm that people want to go visit, and I yeah, believe that's, that's part of the well, design. I think they they're making a tourism a, thing going. Yeah, on. they've got to. I mean, they're doing something special that people would be interested in seeing. And hey, I think, get your money, man. And I think I was reading they have like a children's book series that they're trying I to launch. Believe it. I yeah, believe it. Why not? Farms, yes, they are. They're yeah. writing books about like the Emma the Hog. And yeah. I, I doubt which, they're writing about greasy the I mean, rooster anymore. What you were saying <laughs> you earlier. That to, Spoilers. To make this, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> to make this all work, right? I mean, it takes a lot of money. And it, and it to, to sort of turn this ship, it's going to take a lot of effort, a lot of money, yep. a lot of... And so how do you do that? Well, you make it appealing to a yep. mass audience. Yep. I mean, and hey, industrial farming's done that for a long time through other mechanisms 
let's see some folks who have some other ideas do it with their own. And if part of that is a documentary film that has, you know, sort of an engaging, um, that might hit a broader audience than those few of us that watch documentaries about (laughs) farm life. I mean, you know, Hey, there's a new food Netflix on Netflix documentary. Nobody cares. I mean, I'm coming. I will say it, it made me, it made me happy to have the, you know, I feel like I'm a broken record on this. I love having an Alamo franchise location here in town. Yeah. Um, and this is their their distributor right. that's yeah. doing Neon. Right. And they, they've brought some great films to the theater. And we have sadly not seen as many of them as, as I would like. Um, Are you watching uh, Neon films? Yeah. That we've done on the podcast. Yeah, I don't think we've done a ton of yeah, them. Yeah, but like Assassination Nation last Beach year. Beach Bomb. Great. Yeah. Oh, we did. We yes, did. we did do Beach Bomb. We did Beach Bomb. Yes, we didn't we get a... I think uh, Bad Batch was before the podcast, yeah. but they, but which they're was really one they pushed. It's and, cool to see them. They're clearly picking up films that they believe in, yeah. Um, that they don't necessarily think are going to be blockbuster box office yeah. you know, things, but that they feel like have qualities. And this in this case, I think a message that they want to see an audience. I also think they're reading yeah. their audience pretty good. They're, they're reading their customer base pretty good too, yeah. because they contacted me and asked me about a month before the movie actually came down to just find out whether or not we'd be interested. And all they were trying to do was feel out whether the local organization that would ha- be able to draw an audience to this. But that same night of that, when they showed the pr- uh, previews, yeah. they showed a documentary about sailing sailboats. And guess what we do here, we sail, yeah. and we, we sail, have huge yeah. sail co- right. sailing com- competitions. A so world like an international one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, going just, on, yeah, just wrapped up. Yeah, just yeah. finished. Uh, yeah, I mean that's, you know, we speak uh, on the evils of capitalism on this podcast sometimes, <laughs> but that's one of the nice things about, uh, you know, vertical integration is that. Tim League makes so much money off the draft house locations right. that his company Neon can take these risks mm-hmm. and bring these kind of... Well, they're also cultivated the audience at that particular movie. Well, yes, of course, but I mean, when... I mean, well, they're connecting well, with... I think the, no, yeah. no, 100%. The fact that they're reaching out to Aislinn, the fact that they're reaching out to Grow Local, they're, they're thinking in terms of not how do we hit that mass audience mm-hmm. every time... How do we get the people specifically interested? They're thinking, they know, right? Tim League knows from running the Alamo, as he has over the last couple decades, that... Has they're it been made, that long? Yeah. How many seats yeah. were in the screen? Uh, 50. 50. Okay. Which theater was it? No, 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 no. no. it was in the bigger. It had 102. Least, yeah, 102. Yeah, because yeah. they like literally gave me, and and I thought that was interesting too because they were they, it wasn't like, let us sell you, let us make con- convince you to tell your audience so that we can sell all these seats. They were like, here, have this many tickets. Right. You can watch whatever show you want to watch, but yeah. we would love it if you'd bring your audience to this. I don't know. I just thought that was. Yeah. I was really impressed. They they, yeah. they 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 really went above. Well, wait, so they well, gave you ticket vouchers, yeah, not right. like seats Good for, for that, right? Yeah. Oh dang, that's so, that's a bold move. But you know, I think that just shows that they understand that there may not be a single mass audience mm-hmm. for every single film, but there are plenty of these films like this one that have enough of an audience that it makes sense to have a series of screenings. Yeah over the course of a week and invite some specific people and try to get them mm-hmm. interested or promote it to them. So you it, 
rented out one of their theaters uh, for for your well, wife's yes, birthday for for a private event. Yeah, absolutely. But that, but again, that's yeah. uh, that's difficult to do over at uh, the the big guys. You uh, can do theater. it, but right. they're yeah, they're not as flexible. No, mm. Alamo's super flexible. Right. They, they, anyway. anyway, they cater to all of us who love films of yeah. different types, and so that that's really cool. But I I wholeheartedly yeah. endorse this film. I think along with y'all. I mean, I was we we really loved it. My me my my kids my wife we we all really enjoyed it yeah. um and on a scale of single to quadruple dry hopped what would you give it <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh i i mean this one is like as, make that a thing as are, are aromatic there... and uh <laughs> and punchy as i would ever have wanted i mean this is a quad hopped uh deal for sure yeah no, i mean granted as as aislin and joe have pointed out i think appropriately it glosses over a lot of the mm-hmm. i mean you do get some um drama in there but it's all drama that gets solved pretty quickly mm-hmm. and i mean the conflict mm-hmm. goes away but it was very engaging i think to introduce an audience that may not be as aware it's perfect for those i know there were many in the audience who do have intimate knowledge of farming and were probably rolling their eyes from time to time at like okay yeah that's not right. going to be that easy but I think even they kind of appreciate, yeah, but to make this work, I mean, do we really want to make a film that only people who truly farm themselves are going to understand? Of That's not, not going to make sense. No, it's not going to so make money. To, for not, I mean, I think you could rent this at whatever it's going to be, Redbox or do right. it on iTunes or whatever. When our listeners are uh, are hearing this, they're probably going to be on-demand options. I you think, could you could put this on on a Friday night with a family and you could enjoy yourselves and I think you'll feel very um, fulfilled by the entertainment value. Of it. How many documentaries get their success, their notoriety, their reputation based upon their theatrical run? Right. Not not very not many. a lot. Not, not a lot. lot. Yeah. You, you pick up on a documentary because of you're interested a, in the because of a Netflix uh, that exists, right? The, the, that they make them readily available. Uh, uh, most of the major food documentaries are available on on Netflix. I mean, along this line, but it's not even mm-hmm. just that. It's um, documentaries that um, that that back when DVD was king. Mm-hmm. If it was a great documentary, you typically saw it uh, after the fact. And I think that that's where Biggest Little Farm is going to really grow an audience. I really do believe that. Yeah, I, I think the only person that's really getting any big theatrical numbers for documentaries like Michael Moore. And not even, yeah. any, not even, and, anymore. yeah, and even, he, but, but yeah. as far as like widespread theatrical distribution is concerned, remember like March of the Penguins made this yeah. huge yeah. splash. Like yeah. you, you get sure. them from time to time, a big kind of. I always, I, I always forget about that movie. I, I just don't, <laughs> I just don't think of it when when someone says March of the Penguins. I'm not like, oh, great documentary. Yeah, I don't know why I don't think of it that way. Yeah, I, there, there's Morgan been, a, there's been a few over the Morgan years. Morgan Freeman, I remember, and, and, and the narratives they create. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, D- yeah. Disney does these nature documentaries sure. that kind of get that. But okay. we're we're actually going to talk about another even bigger or or. Yeah, I think one bigger, yeah. bigger impact uh, just a little while ago. But before we do that, we should check in with these beers That's that right. we've been sipping on. What do we think of Superior? We, we intended on getting to uh, taste the, some of the rest that they offer. And we did it. The well, Gosa the, and I, the... I want to uh, hear okay. from Carlos because he had his wish fulfilled here. He had picked a beer that he was not able to get the first oh, time yeah. around. So Space Force, were, were you... Well, let me first um, discuss Hey Girl, How Ghosts It. Okay. Um, that's a good beer. It, it's a solid Gosa. It is a very solid Gosa. It hit, it has the um, that like kind of tartness that hits you in like your jaw, like mm-hmm. hinge area. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the actual mm-hmm. word for that is, uh, but 
it the, gets ghost you, of, the ghost of gland. The ghost of gland. <laughs> <laughs> it gets you right in the ghost of gland. Um, yeah, it's good. I, I enjoy it a lot. It's very light and it's easy drinking and it's only 4.5%. So you could, oh, yeah. you could do that all day. We have no duty to hype superior. No. Uh, but when you stick your nose. They are very nice people. When though. you stick your nose in this and uh, in the glass as it's coming towards you, that uh, the Mexican lime is a nice like nose. It's a force. Yeah. 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 Then you yeah. get the gosa and the salt, I suppose you're supposed to get on the tail. Yeah, I mean, it, it all comes together for me. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, Real Ale, a, a Texas brewery, they do a lime gosa. Uh-huh. That they I think do, yeah. It, that one's a lot of lime. Yeah, I was going to say, it's really good, but it is intense lime. It is intense this lime. This one, the lime is a little subtler, it's and good. I kind it's of, good appre- beer. I kind of appreciate that. Yeah. There, there's gosa. something, I could drink more of this than I can, the Real Ale. 100%. Because, yeah. Yeah. Now you had, 100%. Could you have gotten, could you have purchased a growler of any of their styles? Yes. Why'd you choose the gosa? Because I... Sorry. Because it was one of my favorite of the few I tasted. Like, like I brought my favorites. Yeah. Nice. It, I, I like ghosts a lot. I drink a lot of different kinds of ghosts. And my favorites tend to be the salt and lime sour, you know, style. Mm-hmm. Um, but I completely agree that the, the, the real ale one, I kind of, yeah, it's all right. But it's not the one, one of the ones that I go to immediately. Yeah, this, it's, 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 it's very well balanced and, and very go- well executed. Gosa is very weather related. Oh, that's ghosts turn off and ghosts turn on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I drink heavy, warm, like serious beers in the winter time. But when as soon as it starts to get warm, I'm like, eh. yeah. Joe talks about how he does the same thing a lot, yeah. and I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm here for a ten percent stout year round. I mean, I'm not like gonna that. go outside and like tend to my garden with a Guinness <laughs> or something. You know, like that would be crazy. Yeah, right. Maybe you don't drink as much as we do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> My waistline would disagree with you. <laughs> okay, now as far as this, as far as the space force, that's one the one goes, you were gonna pick. That's the one I would have yeah. picked, or that's the one I did pick, but they were out of at the time. Right. And actually, um, I said a second ago that Superior Bathhouse are they're very nice folks over there, and the reason I say that is because they have messaged us on an occasion or two oh. since we did the review of Desoto's Folly uh, on episode thirty nine go back and listen to it uh, they didn't hold that against us no no i mean I, I i mean i don't know if they listened to it or not yeah, of course um, they did what are you talking about uh they i mean i imagine that they did but if they did listen to it and if they are listening to this i would imagine that what they got from that episode was not that we didn't like them but that the style was a little out there for us and that we i think the fact that we said we were so interested in trying more of their beers would be a positive takeaway from that yeah uh, but they they did message us on instagram um, to let me know that Space Force was back on tap. Nice. And, uh, which I was like, okay, I'm like really far from the brewery. So that's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's good to know. But, but, but So we'll but, send, but, we'll but, send okay, over a friend. Yeah, yeah. But okay, so I think this is a very good n- hazy IPA. I And one of the things that I like about it, which is normally not something that I'm like always looking for in a hazy New England style IPA, but something that I did... Uh, I did notice about this that I liked is it. I mean, it's got some bitterness to it. Yeah, it's, it's a little oh, more than okay. what I'm I, used I, to I, in the style, but not. But in a way that I that I enjoy. Yeah. Um, it, the, yeah. That's that, that's my main takeaway. But I do think that it's very aromatic. It's got a nice mouthfeel. Yeah. Um, it is in fact hazy. Um, let me uh, get a little sip. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you have a good point there. It's juicy. It is. It's yeah. very juicy, but I think it's got like a little more of that citrus pith kind of quality to yeah. it. Yeah. 
where it's not just the orange, but it's also some of the orange rind, you know, that, mm-hmm. that kind of like an orange zest kind of quality. Um, I, I like it. It's actually, in a way, it helps to cut it a little bit in that I don't feel like it's quite as heavy as some hazies come across. Yes. Like sometimes when I'm drinking a hazy IPA and even just four ounces of it, I'll kind of feel like, okay, that's like that that's one. As much um, as it, what was the, it, I think it was a weathered souls collab. The, the from with ingenious, um, oh. it had the Madagascar. Vanilla. Yes, yes, yes. It was like yeah. 10%. Yeah. And it was, I mean, that was heavy. It was heavy. <laughs> it was so right. heavy. And this, this one, on the other hand, you know, speaking about uh, weather-related uh, beer consumption, like this one, I'm happy to drink in the summer. It doesn't feel heavy. Poolside. Um, yeah, yep. absolutely. I could mm. throw this back, and I could probably have a couple of them, and it and it wouldn't tax me too much. So, I'm I'm well, on. You just this. jump in the pool, like refresh it. yourself, and get get another glass. Yeah, well, sure. I could yeah. do that with anything. I'll do that with a 10% stout too. But <laughs> but this one, I don't even need to jump in the pool. That's how lazy I <laughs> That's am. That's good sunbathing beer. <laughs> Again, this is a good sunbathing beer. Hmm. Not that that's even close to 10%, but... um, Okay. So, positive things about Superior Gatherings I am super excited. That we've had more. I mean, this is... How often do you have that kind of, like, funny wish, like, oh, this is interesting. I, You know, I wish I could try more of their beer, but there's, like... You know, a thousand miles away. When are we ever going to get there? Yeah. And look at this. Aislinn yep. brings it right to us. Well, you do have us. to give a little bit of credit to the fact that I listen to you guys regularly and know what y'all like or know what y'all are into. <laughs> and also that I've got this guy that's like telling me as I'm traveling across America, hit this place. Well, see, and, and that <laughs> way, you, you're just, I think you're a model for all our listeners, really, right now. <laughs> Bring right. We want you all just, messaging Joe to yeah. say, like, hey, I'm in Denver. What should I be picking up for you guys? Or, hey, I I'm in Salt Lake a, City. Yeah. What should I send to you guys? I, 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 What I do when that happens is I text David Gurney. <laughs> and I say, hey, I got false. a friend that is false. who is in... That is false. Anyway, all well, right. I, well, I will have... No, I won't be here the next time, but I will have a lot more beers that will come y'all's way. Nice. Amazing yes. from all the way across Very America. cool. Yeah, and I think we will have... be shouted out on yeah. a number of occasions in the coming episodes. <laughs> that was all I did it for. I just wanted the name recognition. <laughs> <laughs> Aislinn in the house. There we go. A road trip, uh, a road trip collection. That's yeah. Right. As a series would not be a bad thing. Yeah. 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 All right. There we go. So we're, and we even have some more beer coming our way. Yeah. We also, we've already kind of teased, we're going to be talking about another documentary that has to do with food and growing and, uh, and that, and that was really kind of, I think, a watermark sort of uh, event just about a decade ago. So we'll do that when we get back. Yeah, one that uh, I would say kind of permeated the zeitgeist yeah. of documentary films. I gave it credit for getting me where I am. Ooh. Dang, All that's right. heavy. Just, folks, <laughs> wow. waiting that, with bated breath. Right, just right up front. <laughs> okay. How did you know we were watching March of the Penguins? <laughs> <laughs> when we return... Driving from where we are to the um, borders of North Texas is usually half the trip. Right. Mm. Well, it was one whole spend the night. All right. Okay, we're back. And 
I don't know, man. Like we're, <laughs> we're going to talk about more beer and movies as we do. Yeah, no, this as is uh, huge. So, so you know, continuing uh, the theme to some extent of well, both road trip and agricultural documentary. Um, we, we have uh, a second beer that Aislinn has brought back from her recent uh, venture cross country, and I'll, I'll let her say something about that. Okay, so on the way back, we all. As we're going along, we're looking for all the great breweries. We're looking for this and we're looking for that, right? And um, we actually think we're going to leave, not not go to Lufkin and go somewhere else. Because when you travel across the country, you have to spend one whole night in Texas and still keep driving, even though you've already driven like three or four hours in Texas because it takes forever to get across Texas. Especially when we're down here in South Texas. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so uh, we we said, okay, well, let's go ahead and go over to Lufkin. And the truth of the matter is is that we had pretty much (laughs) decided that there wouldn't be anything fun or awesome to do in Lufkin, Texas. We did not give them enough credit. You were Where is Lufkin? Okay. So it is... um, It is... Northeast. Six hours from here. On the, uh, on the other northeast, side of Houston. Yes. Uh, Houston, uh, south of Dallas, but still a little bit further east than Dallas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so Joe, who uh, along my road trip, as soon as he'd find out where I was, would tell me if there was a brewery. And, and so we did find this. And they're working really hard. I actually met the brewer. Um, and well, his, what's the name of the brewing The brewing company, company is Angelina. And... Um, and they're doing some revitalization, which is a huge thing that we talk about a lot with the I part of Grow Local South Texas is the downtown farmers market. And we've been a part of the anchor in revitalizing our downtown. So the discovering this, discovering what they were doing down there was really awesome. So giving Lufkin an awesome shout out that it's not as bad as you might think. Um, <laughs> that was a glowing nice. review. Right. So I so we go into this place and I find out accidentally I'm I'm taking a picture of the beer chart thing that they have up there what do you call that thing the beer where they the tv the board, screen, the the board. Menu, yeah. yeah anyway and uh, this guy goes i saw you taking the a picture. tap list yes tap list there you go joe and so with i kind of official start, words uh, uh chatting with him and i discover that he's the brewer and this place has only been open for a, like a week oh dang so it's brand new and uh, I got to see, uh, you know, where they're brewing their kettles and all that, you know, all that stuff they're doing back there, their big brew tank things. And uh, so we got to try their beer. And I ended up bringing back this because I, most of what I brought y'all back was Hazy's in New England's. And uh, how many different beers did you try from them? I tried four. Um, my favorite actually was a wit beer. Okay. And this is called Shiznit. <laughs> okay. And that's what, that's what this is—a wit beer. It's no, this, no. no. This is a New England IPA. Okay. And, and I did tell Shiznit. the brewer that that I'd bring this beer back for y'all to try. Okay. So. Do we want to backpedal on Lufkin at all? No, I think that um, <laughs> I think that we're okay because it's East Texas, and East Texas is notoriously kind of shitty. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh my okay. God. <laughs> Let me ask the question again. It's got really beautiful pine trees. It, they're huge and wonderful. Wait a second. Yeah, it, it does have that, but the I but, woods are but I think I think anybody who's David familiar, and I are going to sit over on this side of the table. <laughs> well, no, I think anybody we didn't who's give it enough credit. I think anybody who's from Texas goes into East Texas somewhat cautiously. 
It's never a like, oh yeah, we're going to East Texas. This is going to be fantastic. We're it's not, always like a, yeah. a there's some trepidation to heading to that side of the state. So anytime that any city in East Texas does anything that's not awful, it's a ste- <laughs> it's a ste- it's a step up. It's it's okay, the most listen, racist part of the state one by of the- a large margin. <laughs> but you're. It has a very bad track okay. record. I mean, I, I, I stand I, by this East Texas we're, take. We're painting with a broad brush. <laughs> no, we're not. No, we're not. There were a lot of... Um, I of, haven't spent a lot of time uh, in East Texas. Chain so. restaurants there. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I mean, there's okay, not... So, a, okay, okay. I mean, so, has anyone seen the movie I, Bernie? Can we talk yeah, about Bernie yeah, yeah, for yeah. a second? Like, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah, great yeah, depiction great of East yeah. Texas. Like, that's what it is. Hey, I'm not. Lufkin was lovely, and they had a beautiful downtown that they're revitalizing. I'm, I'm very much here for that. They've got their rates up and running down there, where we don't have our rates up and running. There we go. They're ahead of us. She's talking about a downtown (laughs) uh, movie palace that uh, has has not been restored here. Well, was it a movie theater? I've never been to Lufkin, but I don't think negatively of Lufkin before. Like a true theater. Well, I'd never even heard of Lufkin before this, so I didn't definitely didn't think negatively of it. But just as East Texas as a whole, it's not my favorite part of the state. It's well, got pretty pine trees. It does. Did I say Scenic, that? No, scenically <laughs> it's nice, but I mean it's a little, you know. <sighs> Let's move on. <laughs> if the KKK is Let's active anywhere, it's in East Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners from East Texas. No, I'm, so I'm doubling down, man. I'm doubling stuff. down. Okay, so, but in the All middle right. of Lufkin, a beautiful town, it, <laughs> they are revitalizing it with the power, and we're watching it happen in our downtown, too, yep. of craft beer. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Because when the craft beer place opens up in your burgeoning, developed downtown of a city that maybe needed a good revitalization, you know you've hit a level of, of, of greatness. Yeah, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with that assessment. All right, so a uh, hazy IPA, or rather Luf- a uh, New England uh, style, a New England IPA. Shouts out Angelina. to Lufkin. Yeah, yeah, Lufkin's my new favorite city. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go back to Lufkin. Right, I've been there twice. All right, huh? <laughs> let's get into the film immediately. I would go sure. to Lufkin. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so, so on this week's fil- episode of Lufkin Talk. <laughs> 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 Three guys who've never been to Lufkin. It's along with one lady who has. It's a Lufkin. It's a Lufkin beer in a movie. And you're yeah. wondering what Angelina is? That's in the county of Angelina. Okay, county. I was I was wondering. Lufkin, Angelina I, County. Okay. I was assuming go. it was, was in tribute to Ms. Jolie, but I'm okay. With that would have been the proper Lufkin beer in a movie today. Yeah, that would have been. All right, been. and she deserves it. And we are going to talk about a movie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Supposedly, yeah. Uh, and as we've been teasing, a very big food documentary. In fact, food in its title, right? This this was the film Food Inc., which uh, came out. Well, I think it was officially 2008, but I think really it had its theatrical run in 2009, yeah, primarily. It's, it's credited as 2009. I think it was one of those on for streaming doc- services for uh, Academy purposes because it was. It was nominated as uh, best documentary for. 2009, so it had to be released by the end of 2008. So I think it had a small release, right. probably New York, LA, right? And then so, um, but this, you know, <laughs> I remember this. You know, I'll speak from my own experience. I remember this film coming out and it being buzzed about, mm-hmm. and it was being nominated as mm-hmm. a you know best documentary feature. It was one of those documentaries you got to see. It was. It definitely yeah. was. It was one of the, f- as as you were pointing out, Joe, it was one of the few that made it into a somewhat 
decent wide release uh -huh. that you could actually see. And now I was living in Chicago at the time, so I can't, you know, but, yeah, but it was there. Well, yeah, no, it was going to be there anyway. But, but it was there, and I remember going to see it in the theater, and I remember it flipping a lot of switches for me at yeah. the time where th these were things that I was sort of, I mean, I was already somebody who went to the farmer's market um, that, that took place on Saturdays yeah. and Lincoln Park. And I remember, you know, thinking a little more because there were certain restaurants around town where the chefs were being very particular about how they sourced the local ingredients. So there were things that I was kind of aware of and I was watching food reality TV. But this film in a way kind of like brought together all of these different topics that I had been hearing about in bits and pieces from, from various places and brought them into um, sort of almost like a very tight argument about how we need to rethink the way yeah. that food works. And so it was, it was a really impactful film at the time and rewatching it. I don't know, anyway. So that was my experience. I know that some of y'all had... Carlos, this was your first time seeing it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I watched it for the first time literally last night from the day that we're recording this. Mm -hmm. Um but as you know, as I said in the first half, it's a documentary that kind of like permeated throughout pop culture. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, you had heard of the film. Yeah, yeah, I knew about it. I mean, but you haven't seen Food Inc. Uh, yeah, well, you gotta see Food Inc. <laughs> the, I'm trying that was to. That a fitting pressure. I'm I'm trying to think of <laughs> yeah. the I'm trying to think of the first time somebody like pitched this movie to me i think it might have been in critique of my diet at the time <laughs> like, like you really need to watch food inc yeah but that That's person never a good time to introduce something to somebody <laughs> your diet is bad by the way you should watch you should this watch movie. this documentary <laughs> Here's a movie talking It'll about how shitty you, you are yeah, yeah. let me um, yeah, no. but this person also like you know heavily dealt in like healing crystals and other bullshit that i don't subscribe to so i was like <laughs> is she from lufkin uh, <laughs> her name was angela Lena. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I never watched it, but I I watched it last night. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna say something positive first because I feel like I normally lead with my critiques. <laughs> I think that you're right about that. Yeah. Um, there is a gentleman in this film who runs a smaller farm. He has somewhat large glasses. Uh -oh. Yeah. And he's my fucking favorite guy. Okay. I want to oh, be good. his best friend. He seems... You know, do you know who he's talking about? Oh, I know That's exactly Joel. who you're talking about. Joel yeah. Stalton. Yeah. He seems By the way, do awesome. you know him at all? No. I have no idea okay. who he is. He's also very interesting because he's very, like... He's going to tell you how it is, but he's also, like, extremely hardcore... Uh, fundamental Christian, like Ooh. hardcore to the. It's an interesting part of the conversation. I retract. Okay, but he, wait, wait, that's wait. a turn. That's a turnoff for a lot of. No, I, yeah. I understand, but I mean, having seen this documentary, although I, he's yeah. like my hero, having like, having, yeah. having attended a dinner where he spoke and yeah. was like the keynote speaker. I he does not put that forward nope. when he's talking about food. No. I mean, I I imagine, and, and, I, and I believe if, I if you listen to enough of his books, you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> You're right. I'm sure that there is a moment, but he's able to present the concepts in a way like it doesn't come through in the documentary at all. No, no, at all. no. Of course the, not. The way, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the way he's presented in the documentary as is, I mean, he has more of like like a punk rock aesthetic than he does yep. oh, he still a does. fundamental he does. Christian one. I mean, oh, yeah. he he's ba he. I mean, he really has this kind of like fuck you like. I'm going to do this the way that I want to do it. And I don't give a shit about, I think yeah. he literally you know? has a book that's called like, fuck you. I'm going to do whatever I want. It might not be the word fuck you, but it's pretty close. And, and, and it's, I mean, it's very endearing in the way he 
just the way he talks and mm-hmm. like his whole vibe mm-hmm. is very it's the way it as it's presented in food inc is he came down here for a post hurricane harvey yeah uh, I, I i remember it, yeah um, we got to meet him it was cool that's my positive joel that's, salatin i did like him yeah. a lot in the film um and everything i like what i want to do is illegal everything i want to do is illegal. everything i want to do is illegal. <laughs> everything i want okay. to do is illegal i like that yeah <laughs> um i mean I don't know. One thing I did find kind of uh, intense about his like section of it is, you know, that he's being presented as like kind of like the saving grace of like, or this is what we should be going for or whatever. But but you're still watching people like slit chickens' throats and yeah. stuff like that. Like it's that part. I mean, that part's brutal. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I get that it's like it's where a, your food comes from. I know mm-hmm. it's like I get it's a daily thing for them. But I mean, they're just. You know, it's yeah. and 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 look, and look, I know that. Do you want me to invite you out the next time we do it? No, I, I mean, I sure, would, yeah. but 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 I but I know that the food that I get uh-huh. comes from a worse environment than that. Like I'm not sure ignorant to to that thing. It's I think it's just like seeing something like that. While but I'm also waiting being, for your shoe while, to drop. Well, also it being presented as you know the better way is it's kind of, yeah. kind of jarring a little bit. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's only because you're watching it. If you watched the other, oh no, I you mean, never I, eat chicken again. No, I mean I've I know I've seen yeah. that. Well, I mean, and you know, you get you get some of that in this film. Right? Yeah, they do yeah. show the fact. And I feel like we haven't done a general show. synopsis of exactly no, what it is. No. But I call us you were in the middle of a point. Uh, right. Well, well, the synopsis is it's it's about factory farming. It's, and, yeah, it's about know, industrial, the, industrial it's, food production. Yeah, exactly about the industrialization of, of of agriculture and the way that we get the food that we eat that's mm-hmm. at the supermarket. So, um, the part. The the I guess the negative thing I have to say it, it's it's not a negative thing about the movie. I thought it was a really great movie, but I was fucking angry watching this movie because I mean for everything that they say and everything that comes with with Monsanto and Tyson and all these like gigantic multi billion dollar companies or whatever, every bad thing that is presented in this movie is is rooted in capitalism. I mean that's the entire thing like. And well, it makes me so mad. It's the commodi- commodification of everything. Yeah, which yeah. is what ca- which is the uh, yeah. which is what capitalism is at its core. And I mean, watch you know, well, these people invested how much money in their fucking chicken houses? They make eighteen grand a year. Sure, Fuck yeah. you. Yeah, like that's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it it's unchecked capitalism. It's, well, it's yeah. totally unbridled. Well, that's what capitalism yeah. is though. In its well, truest state, it's unchecked. Like right. that's the whole point. Is well, a that's free market. right, and, and that's why like in in. Not, almost nothing. Everything in moderation. I mean, that's where like <laughs> yeah. the the uh, you know the unchecked state of most things I don't want to have happen. No, but that's no. But but you're right. This is like what happens when the logic of capitalism just totally takes hold of something like agriculture and uh, and and food service and all that. And and here you go. This this is what what comes out of it. And it is. It's really disgusting. It's really sad. Though I thought where you were going, <laughs> where watching this again now, 10 years later, I, I think the thing that kind of struck me is a little bit, is that, you know, who, who who's the hero of this story? It's... It's they're, Walmart. <laughs> they're not the well, hero of the story, but they, they but they, they get a pretty they get a pretty nice spot in the they, film. They I do, forgot they do. how much they get this like 
Hey, no, we, but I never we took that as any, But I never took that as mm. anything other well, than the cheap. Stonyfield has been crushed, by the way, since that happened. Anyway, really? Well, didn't, the they, that, didn't they get sold to another company? They're and, they're, they're in trouble. I mean, they're they're all all yeah. of them are being questioned and crazy. Yeah. See, as I mean, because because so as the, the loosen because That's, the organic label was shown to be kind of not as truthful as yes, it was presented. Yes, and also they 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 were. Um, I believe that they were bringing product in from everywhere and selling it under that name, and it wasn't all. It like, wasn't. Yeah, they were running yeah, yeah. into some. There I mean, were some issues that happened. Yeah, I, well, I'm and, sure, and sure I, they scaled up to a point where it was hard for them to be able to maintain the quality oh, that always, they might have. Yeah. I mean, it's still industrial. See, just because it's, it's organic doesn't yeah. mean it's not industrial, and that's yeah. really that's really the point of that. Right. So that yeah. I guess and, that's and where the I, term organic has my, become confusing because has, yeah. because people say, "Are these organic?" And if the answer is no, they're bad. But but what the organic label, that green circle, yeah. and when the film talks about this to a little bit, uh, talks about this a little bit, is that that green label is so expensive to obtain the right to use that there's no small grower or farmer that can do it. That can do it. Right. So they can't use. Well, that's you know to connect it to our beer part, right? That that, that was kind of a controversy to a small extent when that independent craft brewers label came yeah. out. That th- because that's something you have to apply to be able to put on. Right. And they were. I know there was some talk that well, the smallest of breweries this cannot is afford actually, the process. Right. You're charging them, and they're the ones who you want to be able to say, hey, mm-hmm. you're they're producing local stuff mm-hmm. and they're doing this. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's been quite. I don't think it's quite the same level. But there is a similarity there. But yeah, that I mean, it, that was the one thing that struck me watching it again. I still found it to be really um, an important film. What one that I I think yeah. you know even still more people need to see. But it did more so than when I saw it ten years ago. I was thinking a little bit critically. Well, we've about, evolved past that. Sure. See, I, it, yeah. So if, yeah, we, it's if a we were snapshot. still, yeah, if we were still looking at that, going, yeah, yeah, we need to do that, we'd be like, dude, we've wasted ten years. We haven't. The thing is, is that we know more now because of people like Grow Local South Texas, because of groups <laughs> like Grow Local, we right. know more right. now about no, what sure. that word organic means. And that Apricot Farms, the biggest little yeah. farm, they're. My guess is they're probably not even certified organic. Now I can't guarantee that because I haven't looked it up, but. Most people that do that type of agriculture won't even go after that certification anymore because yeah. the certification doesn't mean anything. But the thing about it is, is the consumers, the people at the grocery store, don't know that that certification doesn't mean anything right. to right. people that are actually doing organic farming anymore. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, to, to go back to David's original point, I, I did find that somewhat strange and off-putting when Walmart was this, like, savior or whatever. Um and it never like tricked me when I was watching because I was like, okay, sure, but they're doing it out of self interest. Uh-huh. I think that Stonyfield guy. I mean, the market share is getting too large well, for no, us not he, to get no, involved in. And they made that point in the film that no, it wasn't for like sure. it wasn't that there was some big moral, uh, you know, compass shift. That no, happened yeah, more, it was. Oh wait, our consumer consumers are this. demanding stuff that doesn't have growth hormones in it. And they, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and there are two things. The Stonyfield guy. I mean, he makes a good point that if somebody as big as Walmart buys from them, I mean, his what he's actually saying as far as you know how beneficial his company is might be fudged. But if it was accurate, that would be significant. And then. Two, my other favorite part of the Walmart saga of this film is when they go to this farm and they're like, yeah, we don't fucking, we've never been in a Walmart. Yeah. Like, we don't yes. go to Walmart. Yeah, and they yeah, just yeah. have to sit there and you see the look on their faces and they're just like, okay. <laughs> and it's yeah. one of my 
favorite yeah. things I've ever seen in film is somebody basically telling Walmart, fuck you to their face. Yeah. And it was the best <laughs> shit. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I, but you know, I, I, I think, I think at this, I think in, for, for me, someone that saw this movie for the first time in 2019, at this point, I know I've like been exposed to what Monsanto is up to. Like I know about, you know, the, ridiculously large scale and poor conditions of all the animals and stuff at places like Tyson, you know, like I, I've known about these things for a while. It didn't, you know, before seeing this documentary. So that didn't, it wasn't those things that shocked me as much as it was the exploitation of like the farmers and the workers and stuff. Yeah. And like that was the severity to which, right. Like, I will These, tell you, we work, we, and I, and I'm not one of those farmers. I do like what I do is very, very small scale, but working, trying to raise up the industry. And I will tell you that we still have no importance to anybody. Like farmers don't have any importance to anybody. And it's funny to me, like when I ran for mayor, yeah, I got teased because my original posters had me in a in a hat, yeah. and the the comment was, "No one wants a farmer to be the mayor." And I was like, and, and it, it's just, it, that angered me more than anything else. I, yeah. I don't know why. Why? Well, yeah. because, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a terrible stigma that gets attached to agricultural work, that it's unskilled labor, that it's not. Mm-hmm. But, but as you say, when it's done right, there's a ton of knowledge that goes into it. And there's a ton of understanding about how um, all these systems kind of overlap and, and uh, work into each other. It's, it's sad. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, but it's because what we've done through industrialization has pushed us to a point where, you know, those things feel like, or to, to the, those who aren't intimately connected to them, they feel like these kind of, oh, well, that just happens. That's, that's something that gets done and, you know, whatever. We don't have to think about right. it. Right. It's yeah, not yeah. like Steve Jobs is inventing some new, you know. I'll it's tell like, you, yeah. after the hurricane blew through a couple of years ago, the, the, we got calls almost immediately where people were saying, we, don't, we can't get eggs, we can't get bread, we can't yeah. get, we, the grocery stores are closed, da, 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 da. are you right. guys going to be open? And of course we're like, what? You know? yeah. But we got some help with that. But I, I think that that, to me, that was the thing that's most important about the local food industry in any community is about their resiliency more than anything else. Like mm. the diet things are going to change. All of that other stuff is going to change. But the most important part is resiliency. Yeah. You've it, got to be able to feed people. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, and and I think so. What a documentary like this still does that, even even for the things that okay, yes, we've moved ahead, or there, there's you know people who are concerned with this are concerned about new things now, and they, and I think that's all true. That I think still to somebody who doesn't have an awareness of sort of the issues that underlie the food uh, system that that feeds them and that the the things that are being brought to them in grocery stores or, you know, wherever they happen to get their food, that it can still attune you to that, right? I think it's Mm -hmm. still a useful um, document, even if it is a little bit uh, aged, you know, that it can still kind of key you into some of the things that there you should be There are still definitely about. people that come to us on a regular basis that are still asking me the same types of questions that were beginning to enter into right. my mind 10 years ago when the Food Inc. stuff first sure, came out. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, that is, there. undoubtedly that is yeah. happening. And, and that's... And I, particularly where, where right. we live. Like, right. I think in other parts of the country, not to say, like, we're, you know, not to say, oh, it's better there. Yeah. I don't want to, but... 
where we're at, it's just, it's, it's still 10 years behind, which means we're just now getting the food ink culture, like maybe, which is 10 years behind what it should be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you said, I think, right. It was in the first half. This documentary literally changed your life. It, it, it got me on, like I did a Ted talk in 2012 and you will see me saying that food ink is a movie that everybody should go home and watch. So what were you doing before 10 years ago? Uh, okay. So I did, uh, I worked for a children's hospital here in town, Driscoll children's hospital. I do communications, public relations. Okay. And I got concerned about the health and wellness of my family and the people around me. And, um, kind of like a lot of the other people in my particular story left that job, even if the nonprofit PR person in Corpus Christi, Texas, this isn't a high paying job. It's certainly a lot higher paying than the job I do right now. Um, and I left that job and went into doing something that I thought would help my community. And Food Inc. was definitely a stepping stone. And it was also, in the TED Talk, I say, this, when you begin having people asking you the question, have you seen the movie Food Inc., you know that there's something coming. You better get ready for it. Mm. And even if it's still 10 years and we're still just barely catching on here, I understood, I gave Corpus Christi a 10-year lead on something there wouldn't be probably not much yeah. of anybody else doing it yet right. still. Yeah. Well, and, and like you say, this is, this is a, you said in the first half, this is a huge ship to turn around, right? Huge. I mean, like, huge, so, yeah. so this is, even those areas that are 10 years ahead, they're not there. <laughs> I mean, no, there's, there's no. a lot of work that needs to be done in a lot of places. And so I think a documentary like this, in a more concerning way. I mean, this definitely presents it more as a problem that we need to solve, although it does give us that somewhat of a, I think, falseness hope, that, that which is where if, it, if this film goes wrong at all, it in watching it again here, it was that towards the end, it really feels like, oh, but if Walmart's getting it right now, then we're all going to be okay. God, and did not take that away from that movie. Well, though. no, I didn't, you I didn't the first time, but yeah. go watch it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I did, and I'm, I didn't get that. Yeah. I've, I've watched you it within okay, a year. You didn't, okay, no. good, okay. No, no I, I thought that they were just demonstrating even even Walmart's trying to well, get but, in on yeah, the game. Yeah, that's, well, but it, That's but not, not the right direction, though. No, I've no, tried it's to tell not. people yeah. that. Like, I'm like, just because Walmart's doing it doesn't mean that it's, it's becoming a better option. And, just, no. and if, it's, if it's 25 system. cents more expensive, it's not going to sell at Walmart. I think, yeah. I think that the, I think the whole Walmart narrative in the film is more about saying, if we can like introduce these concepts to, yeah, if we can inform people about what's going on and how bad this mm-hmm. kind of stuff is and like how unregulated it is, how like, un, like sanitary these how slaughterhouses are. It is exactly. For something so important. Then we can make the consumer demand these organic products. Right. And they were trying, in my opinion, in viewing the film, showing Walmart taking these steps as saying like, hey, the proof is in the pudding. Like we're on our way to this. If we are already pushing Walmart to adopt organic products, then we can continue to do that and do it on an even bigger scale Mm -hmm. in more supermarkets, not just Walmart. And uh, yeah, maybe that's how the tide yeah. can turn. That's 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 what I got. From oh, and that's what you said at the beginning. Walmart could would be our savior. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, no, but but I still think that's I still think that what that's saying is that we're our own saviors. We're our, the ones doing it for ourselves. Like right. it, if the, we the, start the movement starts with yeah. things, if we it, no, it's, I, it's it's the it's the whole idea that you know like pure capitalists try to uh, push with like oh I 
I vote with my dollar. I vote with, like fuck hey, you. Hey, no, you I don't. vote with my dollar, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I vote too, but uh, I vote with my dollar, and I'm all about the free market too. So there's that interesting side okay. of where we come but from. Yeah, but but Carlos you know? is taking the word vote literally. No, I, no. I mean, I mean, we you hear people term. say all the time, "Vote with your dollar." Like, yeah. if you don't support Walmart and you think that they that shouldn't exist, then don't shop there. Whatever. I completely but, agree. But it doesn't work that way. Like uh, you, companies I don't know. can I mean, get. I they, think if we had a lot more money, I think we it's might a hundred-year game. Lot, lot no, I think it's do. a hundred-year game. Well, my, and, and that's the problem is that we get impatient. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, the issue is the issue is rooted in capitalism. I mean, in the in, in Food Inc, they talk about how much more expensive it is mm-hmm. to eat healthy. And I, I mean, well, I, it's and like whole, there used to yeah. be a hundred chicken producers, and now there are I don't know, like the, ten or twelve, five or, or six. Yeah. And because they have reduced the food that we eat to a commodity, it's 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 produced poorly as cheaply as possible human costs because we as the consumers demand that Taco Bell chicken enchilada no. 99 cents is too expensive no 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 here's but okay. that's exactly what happens no but here's here's where you're wrong about that and they talk about this in food Inc. they Go show ahead. this family no, um, okay so yeah. that the family it took me a while to get into that family no but that family is like the poster child of why food is as cheap as it is and why it has to be as cheap as it is and why the industrial food industry has gotten so big like okay so here's a perfect anecdote uh when I first opened the store, my store. Uh, oh my God! Are we going to do a pitch for Hybrid Records, the best record store on Corpus Christi again? <laughs> I didn't say the name of the store. You did. Um, <laughs> when I first started working there, or started opening the store, and it was just me, and I worked every single day, open to close, six days a week. Not to mention the hours before and after that I worked. Um, I. Obviously, didn't have a lot of money. I had just sank pretty much every dime that I had ever saved into opening the place and was trying to get into it the going. pot of gold that is the vinyl record business. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> um, and Sorry. I was I was eating as you know cheaply mm-hmm. and quickly as like I didn't have mm-hmm. a lot of time and I didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. You, you didn't and, have a lot of leftover and, money for food. Yeah. And one of the saving graces for me at that time was that my dad works in advertising and so he manages like certain salespeople and one of his salespeople who's a friend of mine um had an account or like they had some kind of trade situation worked out with mcdonald's for advertising so every year she would get this giant stack of free value menu cards and i fucking hate mcdonald's i think it's the absolute worst shit of all time and i will absolutely never ever ever go there and pay money for anything i want to see a picture of you in front of the mcdonald's at lufkin but (laughs) <laughs> but this woman had given me, you know, like a dozen free value menu cards and I'm fucking broke as shit. That's and, food. And I don't have any money. I don't have a lot of time to cook for myself at this point. I'm living on the total other side of town from where I work. And so in the process of running all these errands before the shop opens and doing all the things that I need to do, I've got about 10 minutes to figure out what I'm going to do for food. And so I drive through McDonald's and I get a free meal because I don't have any money. And I'm walking into my store, literally, I'm walking into my own business. And my neighbor comes up behind me, hey, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, what's up? And she was like, oh, I just, you know, I forgot that we left this thing in there yesterday that we let you borrow that we need now, whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, come in, whatever. And she was like, McDonald's? And I was like, you're educated. And I was like, "Uh, yeah. And she was like, I can't believe you're eating McDonald's. And I was like, I mean, I can't really either, but like I am. And she was like, you know how bad that is for you? And I was like, yeah, you know how poor I am? Like, and she was like, oh my God, like there's so many better things you could eat. And all this stuff. And I'm just like, 
you don't understand. I can't spend ten dollars on a bowl of yogurt, mm-hmm. I, you know, versus this free meal that I'm going to feel full from for the next six hours. When all I, when all I seek know, is calories. Well, it's not even that. I just don't want to feel hungry, right? right and I have to work a full eight-hour shift with no break. Right. So I need something to get me through that right. shift. And, and you know, I'm getting shamed for, like, my dietary choices in the face of, like, poverty or whatever. <laughs> and and I'm just like, you know how much more expensive it is to, like, eat the way that you eat, you know? And I was like, look, it's hard mm-hmm. t- to get cheap, good food. Just, oh, my God. I just, like, think that it's, you know, what I, she's, like, give me all this shit about it. Uh-huh. And that's... And, you feel, and that, do you feel that this movie does the same thing to a degree? No, no, no. What I'm saying is... My experience in that moment and being pissed at somebody for trying to like shame me for not having a lot of money and eating that food is the same experience that that family in the movie has. And where that issue stems from is the fact that Jeff Bezos is worth a trillion dollars and I'm worth, you know, not a trillion. Uh, just you know, a, just it, a measly billion. Uh, it, well, it's, it's, it's the disparity between the people that have a lot right, of money. Right. Like Jeff Bezos could make a billion dollars. Yeah, and he would be super, super well, comfortable. The, the, but the, the but the issue is that the, you know the Reagan era introduced this idea of trickle down economics, but that doesn't work. And having an it's completely Boy, un- this this episode yeah. having, a lot deeper. What are we talking expecting, about? But I but, but no have, but no having a completely yeah, unregulated capitalistic system that we have. I'm having a really good time right the, now. The minute how long has it been since the minimum wage has increased in adjustment in like relation to right, the inflation right, of right. the dollars? I mean, there's so many things about the lack of regulation that we have that makes it so that we are subjecting a, such a large well, portion of our population to living underneath like the means that they would right. need to be able to live in. So if and you because have a people choice, aren't making more money, they can't afford to eat If you have a choice between a $3 better. meal for your family or going to the grocery store and, and spending if, if, whatever if, but, if, to go home and but prepare it's a, but, but what if he's I saying afford, is it's not a choice. It's, it's not a choice because we don't have the money. We've created a system where the income inequality that exists in this country is such that it is unworkable for people to be able to afford the food that they would need I mean, to, you to pay see, the appropriate And what do you always say when unless, someone says this argument? Because you, you have a line. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I wasn't listening. I, I was actually thinking about the fact that we're feeding our children garbage but it's being paid for by the federal government mm. no it, and I, what it's i believe crazy. is that we've right. created a peasant class and that's what well, i yeah, truly sure. believe there in corpus go. christi is happening is that we've created a peasant class well and it's I don't not know just what it's, you're referring it's to nationwide it's no nationwide. It, it is it's 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 not just in south texas but that's that's the, that's the, what i'm talking about is that our our issue with the way that we produce and consume food is a direct result not a is a direct result of that and the peasant class isn't a, isn't an effect of the food industry. The food industry is an effect of having such a disparate power wealth. over this thing. Because yeah. that's the one thing that you cannot skimp on, and that is how much you consume to eat. Yeah, you have to survive. But the problem on the flip side is, and this is where the revolution is required. And David, I know you're so antsy to move us along, but I can see you in my peripheral. <laughs> And that is that while you make the hard choice to eat McDonald's, when you know that that rice bowl next door that's a lot more expensive is probably healthier for you, but you don't have the choice to do it. 
We're watching at the same time a country and then a world following this country get more and more and more and obese it's not and just sick. About, it's and not that can just only about be about the food either. that we're consuming. Because there are wealthy people, all classes of people in Corpus Christi, all classes sure. that are eating garbage. No, no you're right. And but, they can afford to buy good food. Right, yes, but, but at that but point, it's, too, it's a choice. Right, but it's, it's, it's different things. I mean, the system has worked so well... And when I say well, I'm saying that in the sense like economically, it benefited has, it the has shareholders. won. It has won mm-hmm. over the world. The system works so well that it has lured in everybody. It, it, you don't have to be poor to have to go to the poor option for food because it tastes so good because it's sugar and it's salt. fat and it's yeah. salt. And so, yeah, everybody likes the taste of that. If they don't think about what's going into it, it's going to be great. It's going to be satisfying. It's going to be a, a f- Filling, it's going to satisfy you. Yeah. But if you step back and you think about it, okay, then you might start making different decisions. But I think what Carlos is saying is we've simultaneously, or what has helped us to create this system is that we have allowed for this huge income gap to swell over the last few decades to the point where now we have people who truly, their only options are to go to those cheapest options when yeah, it comes and to the grocery store or and fast food or whatever it is. That's my point. Sorry. And that's, uh, you know, so I, I get your point, and it's something that I think the, the film touches on in a small way. We're not going like to solve say, it tonight. You could develop that. <laughs> no, but it, no, but it's but it's important that, I like... a lot of my days every single day trying to solve this problem. Yeah, yeah. no, I get it, but, but I think... I mean, I think that in these situations, it's important to look at what the actual root of the comp, the the comp, the actual root of the problem is, you and what makes it so Angelina, and, and what makes it so complicated <laughs> is Luffy's that it, the roots of it is unregulated capitalism. I mean, that's really the like crux of every problem that uh, the average American person is well, facing. Right. If, we, if we apply the logic of let's make the most calories for the least money, that is the most flavorful for people in the sense again like it's it's using those things that we know work sugar fat salt mm-hmm. then this is what you get and, this is what and, you get. and it's but not if even those but that's negating all these other things that like what about these other nutrients that we're not getting any of what about the idea that you know all these things that should be meaningful but that don't necessarily come across but if you're but but also also the issue is the time as well so if yeah. i want if i wanted to have a it's chicken huge. coop in my backyard which at this point i would very much like because i want to help you totally totally get one and they are delicious I but i don't have the time one. to keep up with that oh it's easy i i really don't i mean i we live it I, we live it. Listen. Yeah, right. but how many okay. hours do you spend in your backyard? I don't have those hours. Oh, oh my That's God. our favorite place. <laughs> well, regardless of whether, I mean, I, I I've got a basketball hoop in my backyard, I and I wish I, I spent a lot more time playing basketball back there, and I just I don't know. have the time. You get older. I should have brought you, you some get eggs. To just we have relax. I still oh, have some. <laughs> I've got dozens and dozens <laughs> of eggs. Okay, all right. Well, look, okay. look at this. A testament to how great a documentary this is. Now. That it's gotten us and thinking much about all these things, even a decade on. Is this our first like social commentary documentary? Have we, I, have I we done a like, documentary at yeah. all? Ooh, we'll have to look. I think I can, okay. can we go around the be. horn? And this is my question. And we're just going to play a quick game. And then we'll talk about Angelina and Lufkin in a very, very positive tone, I hope. <laughs> when you say that Food Inc. is one of those documentaries, what's the first documentary that's one of, it can be anything, one of those documentaries. It transcended mm. everything to be the thing that you need to see and made good money at the box office for a documentary. I've got mine. I wonder if it'll, it'll get stolen. Fahrenheit 9-11. Fuck, you stole it. Huh. 
I was Food Inc., so but, I don't no, have no, another but, answer. Okay. David's no, no, that's Columbine. the only answer. What do you got? No, it was actually Roger and me. But <laughs> no, no, yeah. Isn't this sad? It's all the Michael Moore love. It, that's know, all there was. Good, it, and they made us watch those movies Can in I our tell, communications classes. I'm going to tell you the best documentary you should see if you've never seen it The King of Kong. Oh, that was great. It's the best it's documentary. Great. Never anyway. oh. What about Hiroshima Jushi? 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 <laughs> what about Zeitgeist? You're talking about I Dream. It was like a uh, YouTube Jiro's documentary that was a conspiracy theorist <laughs> no, um, wormhole of nonsense. Oh, I don't want that. No. Yeah. no. King of fun. Kong. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Uh-huh. Let me describe this and then we'll move on to the beer. Because okay. it's, I think it's time. King of Kong. <laughs> King of Kong is a documentary. That, a fistful of quarters. Yeah. King of, you're right. A King of Kong, a fistful of quarters. It's a Is documentary. that the actual name of the film? Yeah. Yes. It's a documentary about the real life um, race for the Donkey Kong high score oh, yeah. of the classic arcade game yeah. in, a, in a real world that we learn about that With is classic arcade. Billy Mitchell. Yeah. And Billy, who has since been dethroned that's right. for cheating. And, and spoiler alert, if you saw King of Kong, Google Billy Mitchell King of Kong now because the story really turned out a lot differently than it did in the film. It did. Interesting. Yeah. It's Steve, it, it's Steve very, Weeby, my brother. It's, yeah, it goes, it's yeah. very entertaining. Okay. I'm going I'm to reserve. Let me, let me just, I mean, the, who knows when we'll get to documentaries next. Roger and Me was the first yeah, for me, mm-hmm. and, and that was pretty young. Yeah. I remember my dad got really into it or was yeah. really excited about it and got me excited about it but hoop dreams mm-hmm. back in the 90s that was another one that really hit big me. time when, and, and, and hoop dreams saw that yeah hoop it's dreams a, what, yeah what it's was the, the banksy right? movie what was that one called oh exit through the gift shop fantastic film although i just film. used that with students and they did not react well to i usually have a really good experience yeah, that, with it meta, i think we're I too know, old now that's a meta beautiful film i gotta dig into that all right so we'll we'll get back to documentaries at some point we'll get back to but but let's talk about this beer watch capitalism a love story so so Angelina, uh, we do my Google Maps. That's how I do it, so that she can okay. log in, and I've preloaded it for these are the places that you might want to consider. And when it came to this stretch of the trip, I found this, A, it was open, mm-hmm. and B, uh, it was on the route. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you brought a whole... 32 ounce, 64 ounce, 64 ounces. ounce gallon growler. Well, I didn't really have much choice. 64 <laughs> g- ounce gallon growler. What did you say? <laughs> that was that was the it's a full gallon, ounces. right? 64 yeah, ounces. It's a 64 ounces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a gallon. That's a gallon? Okay. Isn't it? I don't know, honestly. David like Gurney's fingers are flying. <laughs> no, look. Don't, don't get me started about the American okay. system of measurement. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you br- you thought enough of this to bring it's it to It's half a gallon. Us. That's what I said. Half a gallon. Okay. <laughs> what, what I thought was, I want to bring them back a New England IPA. Uh-huh. I had stopped at all the different places, and I had already told the brewer that I would bring this back to you. Bring something back to y'all. Okay. Before you tried it. Right. Okay. And... <laughs> Oh God! I'm sorry. It's okay. The look on Aeson's face is very revealing. Okay. No. All right. But you. T- I'm sorry. This you is only. Audio. I tasted four beers. I tasted two IPAs. This is one of them. Uh-huh. And I tasted a wit beer and uh, I tasted a stout. Oh yeah. Okay. I, I, How was the stout? It was horrible. Ooh. Oh boy. Rough. It's hard to mess up a stout. Okay. I'm not this a- is gonna be brutal. Who wants to go first? Angelina. The, this the- this beer has a Brett infection. It, there's just. No question about it. Okay, what does that mean? Define what that yeah. means. What does that mean in a taste profile? Okay, so it means that... There's it, a penny in your mouth. It's not so much penny. It's a little bit more like farmy, barnyardy, kind of like there's a... It, it's drier than an IPA yeah. normally would be. Mm-hmm. Not Accurate. as malty. Accurate. It's, it's been sort of like... So all of that sugar is getting eaten up by, I believe, what is an active Brettanomyces... <sighs> 
colony that's living in there. Oh, that's Which, an actual bacteria. Well, okay, it's a yeast. Well, no, but it's a yeast. It's okay, yeast. But look, look. And some, some beers are doing that. We actually, on a recent episode, uh, who knows when it's going to air, depending on, you know, but uh, we had Orval, okay? Right. Orval three is of a Belgian beer uh-huh. that has Britannomyces as a an intentional yeast that's used. And I did not enjoy for, that experience. And Joe didn't love it. No. Right. And so it tends to bring out these kind of like, try it. Are you, are you thinking Orval at all when you, when you sip that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. Look at that. So that's, God, you impressed me tonight. Hey, hey, what is this called? It's, a, it's got a what infection? Britannomyces. And so you're suggesting Usually, that they intentionally so used it and it didn't typical, go right? The typical ale yeast that you have is, um, Oh gosh! Now, now, Saccharomyces. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the you know the strain of yeast that you have that most brewers use for ales and um, and actually even there's a strain of it that they use for lagers and all that. But Britannomyces is a little more unpredictable, a little more yeah. sort of funky and strange. Yeah, we talked and about that before. Some breweries will use it, and so Orval is one of them, and there are others. And there are even breweries that do Brett IPAs. Like, they are intentionally using Britannomyces. But given that they're billing this as a New England IPA, I don't think that this was intentional. I think this was an infection. Maybe they were using it on something else, and it, it got, got in. And, it, and, you and know, if it was intentional, this isn't no, what we I wanted mean, yeah. it to happen. I mean, this, this, as a New England IPA, this sorry. just, it is. It's not. It's no, not. it's not even remotely close to a New England IPA. <laughs> See, I knew what I and was doing. And there's no haze at all. No, it is. Well, it's no, almost crystal some. clear. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it is. Yeah. As and, soon and as you start, as soon as you started pouring it, I was like, "Ooh!" And I and I certainly for. I don't want to hate on a small brewery that's trying out. Some no stuff way. And they're, they're, edit you know, all this out. I will. <laughs> I'm not going to edit it out. I mean, we know that the wit that they did is pretty good, right? Well, I, and it, what was interesting was when we walked in, like we walked in, and the hostess at the door, she's like, "Hi," and she goes. How did y'all come here today? And, because they're new, right? And yeah. then I say, uh, yeah, we're just traveling, whatever. We're headed back to South Texas. And she goes, try the wit beer. Mm. <laughs> and then we start talking some more. And I go, okay. And then she tells me that she's from Washington State. Oh. And she's just oh. back here and somehow got hired by she, this brewery. She, she, she was trying to... Let, steer you in the right direction. No, she was. And yeah. I laid those. I laid the tastings out. I also tasted the Mary Hoppins IPA. And the waiter came up to me later on because he was talking. And I don't know if you've ever heard people from Lufkin talk, but they have a serious accent. It's I East mean, Texas. it is like for real. East like, Texas is, is the South. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So he was yeah. super I, cute I guy, Lufkin. super nice with his. No, I was being. No, it's it a good fun. I, I have. Yeah, we did. Shouts out to Lufkin. No, we did not. I did. You I'm did. not going to throw the rest of you guys in. I, I have some very strong East Texas feelings. I, lo- <laughs> I love people listening to this podcast, but after today, Lufkin might come down to Corpus Christi to kick our asses. <laughs> bring it. I love Just Bring your beer. We'll do I a beer on it. had a beautiful downtown ass. revitalization. <laughs> oh, Anyways, God, the damn. waiter the waiter asked me. We got to do he a burning said, episode. I said, he yes. said, do you like the IPA? And I said, no, not really. And he goes, well, most people don't. They're real bitter. And I said... <laughs> I drink a lot of IPAs, dude. <laughs> I don't mean to be ugly, you know, but it was just, I mean, so anyways, I wanted y'all to try it because, right. I mean, you know, you well, got to have a real I appreciate you bringing things. it to us. It, it gives us the opportunity to try some things. Now, I don't think it's undrinkable because like I say, I'm I've drinking had, it. I've had Brett beers <laughs> on purpose. I have some in my cabinet right now. It's, 
they're not for everybody. Right. But it, but it is funny that this is billed as a New England IPA. I don't see any resemblance to an Eng- New England IPA. I actually thought this IPA, this was better than the other IPA, but I wouldn't have called it a New England IPA. Yeah, that does yeah. not speak well yeah. to the oh, other Oh, no, no, IPA. no. The other IPA was better than this one. How do you know? Because I'm right. No. Uh, okay, okay. I think I think that we've had this conversation on the podcast a couple of times when we've had a beer that was billed as being a certain style, a certainness. Yeah. It's got this flavor. It's got ten billion pounds of cinnamon donuts in it, or whatever. The and fuck. it doesn't taste like and, cinnamon donuts. And, and it doesn't taste like what it's advertised as. And I really think that breweries should taste it before, and even if it's not what they were going for, just be like, "Fuck it, we're calling it this." Yeah, no, it would be better I mean, th- for see, them. Now, if I was right, if I was consulting this brewery and they handed me this, and I, gla- I was like, call it a bread IPA. Yeah, put put it up on there, and you know the beer heads who come around, yeah. it might scare off some people. But if you sell it to the people who like beer, they're gonna appreciate that, that place you're was them. packed. That looks I great. mean, that's great. I just popped good. That's, that's pop, a that's pop, a pop. community hungry for something awesome. Yeah, that's exactly for right. sure. And that's and, and, and that I'm, is and fantastic. We know that. Good job, yeah. Lufkin. And for I, real, I am very happy happy for Lufkin, Texas that they have Angelina Brewing Company. I think that's a fantastic thing for that town. No, and keep and doing like your thing. Superior keep Bath doing House, your thing. I'm excited to try another one. I would like Hell, to try yeah. another one. Listen, Lufkin's not that far. Some Angelina devotee can bring us the wit beer. Yeah. And we will drink it ASAP. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I think that we enjoyed the first half of this episode where we went back to a, a brewery that we yeah. had visited oh, back yeah. in episode no, 39 that you no, should I, listen to I, right now. It's great to revisit. <laughs> I love going back to yeah. breweries that we've had stuff sure. from in the past. And so, speaking of, I'm going to tell you, in the future, this the Golden Stout yeah. controversy of episode 39 and Superior The Great House, Golden Stout controversy of episode ha- 39. We have got a Golden Stout coming up in a future episode. Yeah. I won't I won't tell you when. Maybe soon, maybe long, but it's in our it's in our cellar. And someone has said, put this up against and you'll see that Golden Stout is a thing. All right. Let me tell you. <laughs> I have more thoughts about this Golden Stout issue. I'm not going to say anything else. Is that a teaser? <laughs> this is it a is teaser. a teaser this for a, teaser. a future episode. I I have more to say. <laughs> all right. And uh, all you beer and movie listeners out there will get an earful of that soon. <laughs> so all right, hit that subscribe button. That's right. Stay abreast about future episodes that are coming out. And if you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, go ahead. And rate and review us. We know that you are going to give us a five-star rating. But go ahead and write a review. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see more of in the future. And as always, you can tell us uh, what you thought about these food documentaries uh, on social media. Have you seen them? Have you not? Did our conversation um, make you excited to watch more food documentaries in the future? You can find us on Twitter at Beer Movie Show. You can find us on Instagram at Beer and a Movie. I'm always posting stuff that I'm drinking on the Instagram. And you can find us at Facebook.com slash Beer and Movie TX. And as always, our home base, Beer and Movie Podcast.com. You already know what it is. Until next time. I got nothing.